evening, everyone. Um, tonight's topic is about time skips and nonlinear storytelling. River Moon 1970 asks on Tumblr, I find that in some of my stories I use time jumps, not a lot and often not more than a couple of years at the most. However, I usually try to have a very short explanation and try to avoid info dumps. I've noticed that quite a few fics that have huge time jumps, 10 years, often with no explanation. It happens a lot in Harry Potter, Supernatural, and the Buffy fandoms. What are your thoughts on time jumps and how to use them well? Okay, so here goes. I use a time jump in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. Um, I did that first that prologue to set up my story and then I set the story 10 years chapter 1 is 10 years ahead of what happened in the events of the prologue I did that because I wasn't really interested in telling a story about Harry growing up uh, but then lately here lately I've been kind of regretting it um, I think I would like to explore Harry learning and um joining the conclave and and all of that and just really you know delving into that but it would be a prequel situation and not something I would do in the actual series itself uh but for the most part I noticed in fandom that sometimes people use time jumps to skip things they just don't want to write and we all do it I don't, you know, I had no interest at that time when I first wrote Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. I had no interest whatsoever in um, writing that particular part of Harry's life. But I was also very young at the time, and um, I was more interested in the romance part of it than I was anything else when it when it comes to that story. I used um, small time jumps in uh, No Enemy Within, which is the first book in Lantean Legacy, but they're very um, kind of covert time jumps. I used Miko's pregnancy in that story to um, tell you, the reader, where I was going each time I was going forward. So when when no enemy when no enemy within first begins, Miko is like a few weeks pregnant. When it ends, she is overdue and ready to give birth. So that way you know throughout the story based on her pregnancy where you are in the timeline for that particular story. And so it's really convenient when you have a like a a device like that to use in a story to you know to frame it. Uh because a lot of times framing a story um can be very difficult. Uh especially if you have to make jumps in time uh like that to to tell a complete story, to tell the story that you want to tell. But a lot of writers will use a time jump or a skip to avoid writing something they don't want to write. You know, whether it be Harry growing up or uh, uh, situations in canon that you don't want to address and j- just stuff like that. You know, you just don't want to deal with it, so you just ignore that it happened or you skip ahead of it. So, but the problem becomes if you get too comfortable skipping things that you don't want to write and you do skips in time, whether it be weeks, months, days, years, whatever it turns out to be, you end up getting kind of lazy with your storytelling and with your craft. So I think you need to be careful with it. 
One of the most frustrating things I see on TV these days, which is why I included this in the topic of the um, the title of the show, is nonlinear storytelling. Um, it's happening in Quantico. Uh, it's uh, which I can't watch. I I barely watched any of it. Um, and how to get away with murder is doing the same thing. They're doing nonlinear storytelling, like it's past, present. And you don't know, and they, they they keep jumping backwards and forwards, and I fucking hate that. I hate it. I'm a straight-line storyteller. <laughs> Apparently, Once Upon a Time does it as well. I don't watch that show either. Um, I hate it. I'm a straight-line storyteller. I like a story to unfold before me in a very natural um way out just spread it out and and let me see it but don't jump around like oh it's so fucking annoying i watched exactly one and a half episodes of how to get away with murder before i turned it off and i'm really pissed off because i think it would actually be a really good show and they would just fucking tell the story the way i want them to which i know is entitled but there you go i'm not complaining to them I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. And and then I turned on Quantico to watch Quantico. And I watched like, I watched 22 minutes of Quantico. And they did that jump back in time or forward in time. And I went, nope. And I turned it off, switched my Hulu over to Bones and watched an episode from season six or something. I don't know. I just clicked it somewhere and, and, and hit something at random because I was so mad. It was so frustrating. Um, Azure says in the chat room that she writes non nonlinearly, um, but it's linear when she finishes. That that means she skips around from one event in the book to the other to write on. I um I am a uh, I rarely okay when I do a rough draft I write straight through. And then on my second draft I'll go in and fill in scenes and details and add things to it that way. So. Um, but I'm a linear storyteller, and uh, there are a lot of um, writers who do tell, who who do put their work together in a nonlinear fashion, and there's nothing wrong with it. When you're um, a plotter, that's actually really easy to do if you know where your chapters and your scenes are going to be and what needs to happen in your scenes, and say you want to write this today instead of writing that. So you do that. I find it interesting when pantsers do it because I don't know where they are, how that works. But pantsers confuse me anyway, so that's just I don't know. <laughs> I find them very confusing. Um, that's just the way it is. <clears throat> but I don't read non-linear books <coughs> and I, I'm not going to watch the TV shows. The first season of Arrow drove me crazy. I barely got through it. I because they kept jumping around in time, and it really ticked me off. I think the best way to use time jumps is to frame um, big events or to frame. Um, a character's age, like in Harry Potter and his soulmate bond, I framed uh, the story around his age, six and sixteen. This is what happened when he was six. This is him returning to Britain when he's sixteen. It's like a full circle kind of moment. 
because Sirius takes him from Britain, and then Sirius brings him back to Britain to start Hogwarts for his sixth year. Um, so it's like this um, this kind of full circle moment for them, and it's uh, ten years in the making. Because he took a vulnerable and very ill child from from Britain, and he returns a powerful and um, well-educated young man who can take care of himself um, to Britain, and they're, they're not really prepared for what they get, and and that was the point. Um, but my time skip was basically because I wasn't at that point in my life interested in writing about Harry growing up in Paris with with Sirius and the Conclave, but now I'm I'm kind of in you know you know interested in that in a very distant kind of way. I'm not saying I would ever write it, but I do think about it and how it happened and you know maybe how he joined the Conclave and how he met Armand and um how he met Cassius for the first time and you know and just uh you know, what happened at his dad's 30th birthday party, you know, just, just things that I've hinted at that have happened in the past, you know, you know, Harry walking in on his dad with another man and, and what happened with that. And, you know, uh, and, you know, just that, just that, those, those little moments that have come up in Harry Potter and the soulmate bond, I'm sometimes very attracted to the idea of, of writing those little moments and exploring what happened before Harry came back to Paris? I mean, you know, back to Britain from Paris. But it's just, it's a distant thing. Um, so I think that the best way to use a time skip is to use it sparingly and only when it serves a purpose. And if the only purpose you have for doing a time skip is to avoid writing something, then you've got a bad purpose. And if that's and, and if that's it, if if that's all it is, that's perfectly fine. You need to own that, accept that part of you who wants to be a lazy ass and not write that particular part of your story. Just accept it and move on. But if you but if it happens again in the same story, you need to stop and think about your plot and think about your characters and, and think about what you're doing with your story because if you are Avoiding writing parts of your own story and using time skips to avoid them and you do it more than once, you've got a major problem in your story. I think that, um, yeah, be careful with it. Sometimes a time skip is part of the storytelling. Like, I once read a story where um, each chapter was told on the character's birthday. So the character's fifth birthday, the character's sixth birthday, and it went all the way up to the character's 21st birthday. And on his fifth birthday, his grandfather had died like the week before. And like on his 21st birthday, he buries his father like that week. So it's like that each chapter tells a slice of life. So the actual time skipping in that story was part of the plot. It was the plot, the skips. These are his birthday. And it's not, this, this was an original project I read from a writer about five or ten years ago. It's, yeah, maybe about ten years. And it was never published. So this isn't something that I could point out to you for you to read. So don't get attached to that idea. It, it is, it's, it's sitting in a drawer somewhere 
in Kentucky. So <laughs> don't don't email me and ask me about the book because it cause, um, because it never got published. It was a great and interesting story, but like a lot of mainstream fiction, it um it didn't have an audience. I think um was what he originally decided that would uh guarantee publishing. But it was a very interesting story. It was a very interesting idea. Um one of the more interesting uses of nonlinear storytelling would be fried green tomatoes. Well what it basically is is you're you're getting two stories told in two different times. Um and you're hearing one story from um an elderly woman who who lived it and she's telling um the main character of the movie about what happened in the past. And so there's these time skips as you go back and forth through Fried Green Tomatoes. And it's just a great movie and it is a fantastic book. Uh, I highly recommend it. And um, Shouting to Wanda in my family is like a call to arms. I can pick up my phone right now and call four or five different female cousins and shout to Wanda and they would show up at my house with shovels and garbage bags. I mean, <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> it's a call to arms. Um, so I can deal with a past and present storyline like fried green tomatoes, like Julie says. It's, but Because it, each story is linear. But I cannot deal with somebody telling me a story and then jump. Oh, but wait, let, let me tell you this part. And then we'll get, no, shut up. I don't like that. I don't want to know. No. I don't like it. I find it very annoying. Um, I do have a story that has a, a time skip plot. And it's my... Um, I have a short story in the Sherlock Holmes fandom on my site. And it's called What John Knew. And it... It's little slices of life about what John knew about his relationship with Sherlock Holmes from the moment they meet until his um, return from the dead and, and, and what that encompasses. And there's little events and they skip, you know, this is what John knew here. This is what John knew the day he got married. This is what John knew the day that they did the memorial. And this is what John knew the day that Sherlock Holmes came home. And so it's uh, it's called What John Knew, and it's uh, it, it's in the Sherlock Holmes Richie universe, the movies, and um, but the whole plot is built on time skipping, but it's very purposeful time skipping, so it isn't like uh, each of my jumps was really thoughtful, and I put a lot of thought into how I was going to do it, and so but plotting. That kind of storyline can be very um, difficult and time-consuming, which is why I would probably never do it with a novel. But doing it in a short story was a great exercise for me, and that's what that story actually was. It was an exercise in um, in time management in a story because I had read an article about it sitting in a mag in, sitting in a. 
I was on my tablet and I was sitting in a doctor's office and I came across this article about, and I can't remember the article's title, about uh, framing uh, short stories and, and how to frame them and work with them within a timeline. So I made myself a timeline and, and, and then I framed my story around that timeline. And it was just really interesting to do and I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um I've not read nor have I seen The Time Traveler's Wife. I, I, f- I find it very off-putting, that, that whole idea. Um, I did, however, read a fucking fantastic fan fiction version of The Time Traveler's Wife in the Hobbit fandom with Thorne and Bilbo. And please don't ask me to tell you what it was, because I don't remember. But I bet somebody in the chat room might, and they might tell me and give me a link to put on the summary. But Bilbo is um, is the time traveler, and he meets Thorin um, when when he's little, and then when he's old, and everything in between, and um, uh, it's beautiful. It is it, it is actually one of the most beautiful stories I've I've ever read in the Hobbit fandom, and it it wasn't as um, I went into it a little leery. I was like, oh, you know, I don't like that idea, that whole time skipping thing and moving around, and you know what's going to happen with this. And but then I got into it and I I read the story and it was fantastic. And I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, I bet if I went to Google, I'd probably find it. <clears throat> um, But it it was it was really good and I really enjoyed it. Uh, ha! Here we go. Um, it's it's called "Of an Arcane Binding" by Salvia G, and I'm going to put it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put the link in. Um, it is actually it is. It is beautiful and it is heartbreaking, but it is also heartwarming and and lovely. And um, I I read it with my heart in my throat, but uh, it was utterly fantastic. And the ending was very satisfying because what you need to keep in mind is that Bilbo actually has a very short lifespan compared to um, Thorin. And so his time traveling really works out and it's 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 beautiful. I mean it is a beautiful story and um I I I really enjoyed it. And so it was just it was a beautiful um I just, you've got to read it. Uh, I, I highly recommend it of an Arcane Binding. Um, I'm going to put the link in my summary so that you guys can find it. Uh, for those of you who are on the podcast, um, just definitely just read it. Uh, it's super recommended, and the ending is um, it's beautiful. And And you might cry, but you won't get mad at me if you cry. It 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 won't be that kind of cry. I, if 
it ended in a way that devastated me and made me feel terrible, I would tell you. It it, it doesn't. It oh, it's just great. It's just it's just fantastic. I I highly recommend it. Um but it also has a kind of that that element of time skipping um and um it's just it's it's just lovely. It it really is. I I can't say enough good things about of an archive binding. Um because it wasn't something that I would normally read and I read it and um I literally felt like I had been kind of romanced by the writer. Um she just kind of, you know, seduced me. I was seduced with with beautiful words and and and, and which is love. Yeah. I was totally seduced. So I I, I highly recommend it. Um, definitely read it. I think I was going to at one time um, uh, recommend it on Slash World, but I forgot to do it. So I'll probably go over there and do that if I haven't already. Um, because it's it's fantastic. It's it's absolutely fantastic. And you know, it's not often that I find a story in fandom that that really um, blows my mind. I'm a very jaded reader. I um, I see plot twists coming. I I I rarely see a movie where I'm actually genuinely surprised by the outcome of, of what happens. I can usually pick out who's going to die first and who's going to live. And you know, it's just I I rarely um, encounter something in media that really just just wow, whoa does it for me and and that is definitely one that does it, it was just outstanding storytelling outstanding <clears throat> in fact it was actually that story that got me really interested in the pairing of Bilbo and Thorin which led me down that thorny path to to cabbage patch babies and girl Bilbo and I regret nothing <laughs> I regret absolutely nothing. <laughs> I was working on my Shield Maiden of Erebor um, the other day, and uh, I uh, I introduced uh, the brother Farron, and um, Bella is at the mountain, and she is meeting. Uh, she's met Dee's, and she's met uh, just it's it, it, it's really interesting and. Um, I'm the eagles are going to land on the mountain um in that chapter that I that I'm currently writing um that they waited on Bella to arrive and um I changed my Bella's name from Belladonna to Bella Rose and I'm going to tell you why and I did it in all of my girl hobbit fix and, and let me tell you why it is so difficult to write two characters named Belladonna because every time I wrote when I referred to her mother, I had to make some kind of reference to her being a took to make it sound like that Belladonna Baggins instead of my Belladonna Baggins. And I got really frustrated with it. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to give her a new name. But I really liked Bella. I, I liked that part. Um, so I decided to name her Bella Rose. And so I changed her name everywhere in my Bella fix. Um but she knows about Bella most of the time anyway. It was just really frustrating trying to figure out how to refer to her mother and make it clear every single time I brought it up. It was just, re- oh, oh, 
stab, stab. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm, um, I decided to do Cabbage Patch Babies in the Shield Maiden one, too, because I love that whole thing with the Cabbage Patch Babies. I, I really love it. I think it's so fucking adorable. It's just great. And um, the, what happened was, is there's a scene where um, Legolas and Durin are talking, and um, Legolas tells Durin, you know, they're like plants. Did you see a nursery while you were in the Shire? And he said that Bella had showed him one of you know a cousin's nursery and said that fonts were grew there. And he was like, "Well, what's a font?" <laughs> And Layla says, that's a baby hobbit. And Duran's like, what? <laughs> Their kids are in the ground. What? What is this? It was so funny. I laughed my ass off. I really enjoyed writing it. Duran was really surprised by this. And um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun writing Duran the Deathless because you can kind of insert these adult moments and, and then give him these moments that are just completely, utterly childlike. When he figures out that, that he missed his own birthday because he was kidnapped, he gets really upset, like a 10-year-old would. And, it, you know, it, it's great. So um, I'm really enjoying writing that. Um, I uh, <clears throat> One of the things that I think is really important when you're doing... Um, when you're moving your characters through the plot and they're moving um, geographically and, and you have to demonstrate time, is uh, that you have to keep your reader informed of where they are and how long they've been doing this. Because otherwise, it's like they went from River, you know, from Rivendell to Erebor in a day. <laughs> so if you're not careful, if you don't pad it, if you don't move into it and say, you know, her complaining because she's been riding this horse for two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. And, you know, there's this whole thing about the eagles and, um, like, how long it take about, how long it'll take for, her, for them to walk around the forest or move around the forest on horseback instead of going through the forest. And so, it's just an example. Um, when you're um, moving your characters through your plot and you're having to demonstrate time, good ways to do that is to... Um, have your characters talk about it. That way it, it doesn't seem like information dumping. Like, with Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, there are big events that kind of mark off the the time scale so you know where you are. Like her, like Hermione's birthday, which is September 19th, and then you have Halloween, and then you had um, Minerva's Circle and how it was cleansed and you knew that was going to happen in November. You know, just these things that happened and, and when they were going to happen. Because I let my characters plan events. And so when these events happened, my reader knew where they were because my characters had planned these events out. And <clears throat> that's just one way of demonstrating the passing of time without bogging your reader down with a whole bunch of information they don't want or need. So keep that in mind. Um, your characters and their dialogue is an excellent way to dump a great deal of information on your reader, and they won't even care, and they won't mind. You just keep your um, your paragraphs short, under 200 words, um, as a rule. Uh, keep your dialogue sh 
sharp and concise. Uh, let your characters talk to each other and relay information to each other, and you can unload a lot of information in a way that's very entertaining and, and your reader won't get all pissed off and irritated and skip 3,000 words of your text because you made a big wall. You know, just stuff like that. Anyways, I am actually, um, I got bunnied. I'm not going to talk about it. And I want to get this bunny out of my head or at least get it a little bit fixed before Nano starts or I'm going to be in serious trouble and Jilly would have already won our challenge against each other or with each other. Let's let's be together instead of against. We're we're going on an adventure instead of having a race together. Anyways, you guys have a great evening. I will see you tomorrow. If you have any questions, ask me anything on Tumblr or on my website.